This program deals with themes of an adult nature and is intended for a mature audience. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Greetings to everyone around the world, and I want to welcome to another edition of Veritas at VeritasRadio.com. I'm your host, Mel Famergus, and I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if this is your first time, please make yourself at home. I want to thank you, Veritas member, for making this program possible. Tonight's special guest is Brian Houghton, Hidden History, Lost Civilizations, Secret Knowledge, and Ancient Mysteries. Brian Houghton will be with us shortly. To listen to the full interview, just go to VeritasRadio.com, click on the subscribe link, and you'll receive your login immediately. Remember, Veritas is censorship and commercial free, and survives on your voluntary subscriptions only. Imagine if you had to listen to commercials every few minutes. This can only happen with your help. Become a member today. And don't forget to visit our Veritas store, where you can find a lot of our products. And just a reminder, I will be the Master of Ceremonies at the Sacramento UFO Symposium in Sacramento, California, on June 16th and 17th. And then I'm back at the East City Ranch, this year from June 29th through July 2nd. Click on the banners on our website for more information, and I hope to see many of you there. To get in touch with me, it's very simple. Click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. In response to popular dissatisfaction with mainstream scholars, often inadequate explanations of the world we live in, publishers are fielding a growing number of books posing alternative considerations to prevailing orthodoxy in confronting official paradigms 
Their unconventional authors are typically provocative, but usually more imaginative than credible. Tonight's guest differs from his colleagues because he strives for an accord between evidence accumulated by university-trained scientists and fresh theories postulated by avocational investigators. For this and much more, Brian Houghton is coming up next. This is Mel Fabregas, and you're listening to Veritas. and you're listening to Veritas, which means truth. That's what it means. Brian Houghton is a graduate of Nottingham University with a bachelor degree in archaeology, a master's degree in Greek archaeology from Birmingham University, and a veteran of archaeological projects in England and Greece. Houghton is an author and researcher on the subjects of prehistoric megalithic sites, ancient sacred places, and supernatural folklore. He is the best-selling author of several books, including Hidden History, Lost Civilizations, Secret Knowledge, and Ancient Mysteries, translated into 11 languages, including German, Russian, Greek, and Thai. His second book, Hunted Spaces, Sacred Places, which concentrates on the folklore and strange tales surrounding ancient sacred sites, the lore of the ghost, and the most recent a sequel to his first book, Hidden History, Histories, Mysteries, People, Places, and Oddities, Lost in the Sands of Time. He long ago fell for the lure of ancient mysteries and the supernatural, initially inspired by TV programs such as Arthur C. Clarke's Mysterious World, a Leonard Nimoy's In Search Off series, and later by visits to the ancient sites of Greece, Crete, Britain, and Ireland. And directly from Abingdon on the River Thames, close to Oxford, I would like to welcome Brian Houghton. Hello, Brian, and welcome to Veritas. How are you? I'm great. Nice to be here. It's my pleasure. And Brian, lately, in the past few weeks, we've been dealing a lot with this topic of of, uh, hidden history, forbidden archaeology, you name it. This is a topic that you hardly discuss in academia. First of all, what motivated you to start looking into the hidden history of the world? I guess it's partly based on how how many archaeological discoveries are being made well, daily, actually. So as soon as the latest word or people think the latest word has been written on Stonehenge, for example, then something else will come up the next day. So I think it's the constant discoveries um, being made, not just through archaeology, but through, uh, you know, literature, through mythology. I think it's... There is so much information coming in. It, it was very attractive for me to because it's constantly changing all the time. Even though the sites are not haven't been used for thousands of years, the uh, interpretations change all the time because of new information that keeps coming in. Did you have a moment growing up where you said, "I am not being taught this in school. I'm going to find the truth by myself 
and started exploring. Did that happen to you? It didn't happen to me, but often when I've gone to, to archaeological sites myself, it's got me thinking in my own way, archaeological and historical sites. So I think you can't beat um, going to the site yourself and having a look around, you know, reading the excavation reports as well to form your own opinion. Why do you think the topic of ancient mysteries, we, we see ancient aliens, ancient mysteries, and secret knowledge, why is this so hugely popular now? I think people, well, partly people want something to believe in, I think is part, part of the answer. And also any kind of mystery, whether it's in literature, literature or in science, it attracts people. People like something that they don't know the full answer to, that they have to investigate. So I think it's the lure of the mystery, um, as in ancient ghost stories or modern um, science or science fiction even. But you would think people who go to to university, and in your case you have a degree in archaeology, you would think that a lot of what you found later, that it had been discussed in a more profound manner. Why do you think that academia still keeps this information uh, forbidden, or they just simply do not discuss it? And if, and if so, why? Well, it's not forbidden, certainly. Um, I think it's a question of both time and money, especially for academics, lecturers. I mean, they have their speciality and they have their funds. I mean, you have to remember that uh, certainly in England and in Greece that archaeology archaeology is not a science and it doesn't have the funding of science. It's got very little funding. Jobs, I've worked as an archaeologist and I've had many, many jobs in my life. And archaeology is by far the worst paid job I've ever had and <laughs> the hardest. So I think that partly explains it. There's, it's not funded and... There's not. It's, it's a very small world. There's not that many archaeologists. And I think um, they just don't have the time or the funds to pursue everything. You know. Have you had any encounters with uh, professors in which uh, you have discussed any of your findings and uh, they have disputed them? No, no. Um, not really. Uh, because I've been in, I was in Greece for the last 12 years, I was a bit out of con contact with the archaeologists I knew in England. Um, so I haven't known. I'm going to start with what you deem, because I, I want to take these two hours and squeeze as much as we possibly can, because I really enjoyed reading your first book. I don't have the last one. I'm going to start with what you deem the greatest enigma of all and among the most controversial. And we discuss this, this here all the time, so I'm very interested in, t in getting your take on this. Atlantis, is it myth or did it really exist? I think with Atlantis, I, I think it is certainly um, the story itself as written by Plato is certainly a myth. But what inspired him to write it um, may not have been. Um, and there are various theories of what it what inspired him to write that. But I think his story itself is really uh, a kind of moralizing myth, you know. Um, but there are certain influences on it. I think um, when I was I lived in Greece, just about 50 miles down the road, there was a place called Eliki, which was destroyed by a tidal wave, you know, fourth, um, fifth century BC. And I think around the time of Plato, 
it wasn't too far from it's not that far from Athens and I think um this kind of reality would have certainly influenced because the uh, the town disappeared practically overnight so I think it's partly real events like this and partly fiction that's my explanation of Atlantis well you may know that the the term myth or mythology is a different definition than we were than we're used to and I don't have the exact definition here but it's sworn statements of priests and kings which makes you wonder if a lot of what we deem to be mythology today was truly factual and we need to start the mythologizing history what's your take on that well i think a lot of myths um so or some myths certainly have elements of truth in them um it's difficult to know which and it's difficult to know um certainly for especially oral myths that have been handed down how accurate they are and certainly in terms of folklore for example folklore connected with say uh, stonehenge um there are elements of truth in it but most i'd say 90% of folklore attached to uh, ancient sites is developed in the last 200 years so you have to be pretty careful with myth and folklore about just how old it actually is and how you know a lot of the myths and folklore we know are much more recent than we think and of course because the printing press didn't come until it was really in the scheme of things not that far back in time and a lot of it was oral tradition correct yeah yeah which there's no way of checking of course exactly and i always see a correlation between atlantis and lemuria do you think they both if they indeed existed and they were two continents do you think they existed at the same time uh i certainly don't think lemuria existed i think that's kind of a, a very much a, a 19th century uh occultist sort of fantasy um I don't I don't think it's it's similar in the way we look at it today but its origin is quite different it's much more recent and I think it's you know occultists like Madame Blavatsky and people like that really kind of not invented Lemuria but brought it into the public domain as it were and I don't really think it, it doesn't have the ancient pedigree that uh, Atlantis has and speaking of Madame uh, Blavatsky Tell us, just summarize exactly what she said, because I found what she said uh, somewhat fascinating regarding, uh, was it Lemuria or Atlantis that she really focused on? I think it was Lemuria, right? It was Lemuria, and she said she received all the information from ancient masters, and uh, she didn't claim she discovered Lemuria, but uh, she claimed it was, I guess you'd say nowadays, channeled. The, all, all the information was channeled to her, and it gets increasingly bizarre. But these ancient giant creatures she starts to talk about, and it, it goes off. Uh, it goes off. It sounds like some kind of LSD trip. Really. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. But uh, you know the name Edgar Casey, and uh, he's he's yeah. well respected uh, for what he did, the Sleeping Prophet, and. One thing that always caught my attention is what he said about the the uh, Sphinx's paw, that one day we would find the information that we were looking for under the Sphinx's paw. question is, why haven't we looked or have we looked? Um, 
there has been excavation. I think it's it's a pretty, and especially now the uh, with the situation in Egypt, doing any excavation around by the Sphinx is is it's really difficult. Um, I know there has in the past been kind of uh, probes and uh, geophysical surveys around by the Sphinx, but I think it's pretty difficult to get a permit. Uh, to excavate there and I know the, the Sphinx is falling apart really as well so again it's probably a question of money I know in Greece they don't I think they allow one or two foreign excavations a year I don't know what the situation is in Egypt but I would I would guess it's a question I mean it's falling apart I think their priority is to keep it from collapsing at the moment I don't think they'd allow anyone to excavate that also in in having the the country fall apart right now after the yeah. Arab, Arab Spring, but I always remember the 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 uh, Ministry of of uh, I was going to say propaganda was more or less uh, Ministry of Antiquities, uh, yeah. uh, Hawass, who never wanted to take anything that was different than what they were saying. In other words, that the pyramids were built. As you discuss in your book, the work of Robert Boval, uh, Graham Hancock, that it was built m much, much more long ago than what they say. Why do you think that they want to keep the, the history the way they want it? Well, I think with Hawass, I mean, I'm don't, I don't know him personally, but he seems to want to keep the entire area of Egyptian archaeology to himself. I yeah, think. <laughs> right. He, I, I mean, I think he's made a few enemies. I don't know the guy, but, um, uh, and he was, what was it, the head of Egyptian antiquities or something? So really, I don't think much would be getting much got done while he was there and, uh, that he didn't organize himself. I don't think he wanted outsiders coming into his turf and, um, you know, excavating or putting different theories or anything like that. So. I think he's gone now, though, hasn't he? Is he sacked or something? Well, if Mubarak is gone, he's probably gone too, because they were almost attached to the hip. Yeah. But the, the, the reason why I'm so fascinated with Atlantis, even more today than I was before, uh, recently when I interviewed Graham Hancock, we discussed the Yanaguni Pyramid, as you, as you mentioned in the book as well, in, the, in Japan. And I remember having seen some pictures years ago, and the first question that came to mind was, are these real? Are they photoshopped or altered? But no, he and his wife went scuba dived and, and took pictures and video of the pyramids. Doesn't that give at least some credibility that in the past, a civilization was there and perhaps something happened and the sea levels rose and that's why we don't see them right now? It's possible. I mean, that was certainly my initial reaction when I thought I saw it. I thought that looks like a man-made structure, you know. Mm -hmm. And then I read the reports on it and, and geological surveys have uh, apparently found that it is natural but I mean I don't it looks I mean I've never read in detail the geolo geological surveys but it, it looks uh, man-made but uh, really the most important thing there was if they say it's as old as it is there should be artifacts with it that are also as old as Hancock suggests, which haven't been found, which puts me, which makes me think that it's not man-made because there'd be pottery or something if it was so old. When you say not man-made, are you implying a natural or perhaps you had the hand? I think it's natural. I, I think uh, the geological report concluded that it was natural. 
But even if it wasn't, there would be something down there, some archaeological material. And if there's nothing, then that would also suggest it. Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.